New Zealand Tech Podcast, the voice of the tech community, proudly supported by Umbrella Connect. Greetings and welcome along to the podcast today. We're delving into crypto, cryptocurrencies. Uh, we were going to call this the New Zealand Crypto Roundtable, uh, but um, maybe the fat. crypto rectangular table. Uh, mm, got some great, great guests today. Um, now, this is a sort of joint episode between the New Zealand uh, Tech Podcast, which I host, uh, and the New Zealand Everyday Investor, which uh, Darcy hosts. So we might just do a, a quick go-round of who's, uh, sure. who's at the table, um, starting, with, starting with you, Darcy. Sweet. My name is Darcy Ungaro. I am the host of the NZ Everyday Investor. I guess sister or brother or cousin podcast to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I don't know. Sure, sure, we'll go for that. And I am an authorized financial advisor. I'll, I'll um, definitely point out I'm a crypto friendly financial advisor, which I'm very proud to declare here today on public television. Not quite. And um, by day, I, that's my job. By night, I just watch YouTube videos on cryptocurrency. Right? <laughs> oh, oh wow! <laughs> okay, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, my name is Brooke Hartsmith. I'm the every man here that got caught up a little bit in 2017, started to learn probably a little bit too late about lots of things, um, and then has spent the last three or four years really getting an underst- a deeper understanding about blockchain, um, the underlying technology, and uh, really passionate about it now. But I'm certainly here as the every person asking the questions. Cool. Uh, Janine Granger, I am the co-founder of Easy Crypto. So we're a cryptocurrency retailer here in New Zealand um, and also expanded overseas from our home base here. Uh, we Obviously, crypto is my day job, so here to talk to that and also can bring a bit of the view of what the everyday people in New Zealand are doing, what trends we're seeing, opportunities, that sort of thing. Cool. Great. And I'm Paul Spain. I host the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Uh, and during, during the day when I'm not podcasting, I'm helping uh, small to medium organisations to leverage technology well. And and that really brings us to uh, to crypto. Now, Janine, since you run a business that uh, that sells Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, I thought you'd be the perfect uh, go-to to maybe start us off with a sort of basic introduction to you know, what is Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and then we're going to sort of you know delve around a bit from from there. Sure. So yeah, at the most basic level, Bitcoin is a way to do payments or transfer of value that's fully digital. So what the Bitcoin network and blockchain is the other term you might hear, which is sort of the technology that underpins Bitcoin, made it possible to do payments between two people without needing an intermediary like a bank or credit card company, lawyer, that sort of thing. So in a nutshell, Bitcoin is payments made digital. But it's actually a lot more than that as well. And probably what we'll talk about today and touch on is a bit of how Bitcoin's sort of filling this function of a digital gold, a an asset class, a portfolio diversification um, that you might want to dabble in. And there's also a whole range of other cryptocurrencies, thousands and thousands of them, that have sort of leapfrogged off the technology that um, Bitcoin started and do a whole bunch of other interesting things, some of which we might touch on today. Cool. Yeah, and there was there was a, a little comment there from Brooke um, at the beginning about timing for, for getting involved in this. Um, is everybody too late? Should they turn off the stream now if, <laughs> yes. they, if they haven't got yeah, I'm involved? So sorry. See you guys later. <laughs> Have a great day. The number of times over the years that I've heard people say, oh, I should have gotten in, and you know, but I'm too late. And yeah, I have some um, long-standing business partners who every time I talk to them, they're like, oh, so I, I, sh- I should really get some, shouldn't I? And I'm just like, it's never too late in my view. I think everyone in the world in, you know, in a couple of years' time, maybe 10 years, everyone in the world probably will own some cryptocurrencies. So 
these days probably less than 5% of the world's population have some, so you're definitely very much an early adopter stage if you get in now. And do you think that in New Zealand in particular possibly a little bit late to the party here because we haven't quite seen the need for it perhaps? Yeah, absolutely. Like In some of the countries that we operate in, the um, the penetration rate, the, the number of people in the general population that have cryptocurrency is around 20 or 30%. In New Zealand, I put it at less than 4% just because, like you say, we don't have that need for it. We have a, a stable government. We can trust our banks, that sort of thing, whereas in many other countries in the world, you don't have those luxuries. Right. Interesting, eh? So, you know, this Bitcoin thing is probably the, the gateway drug, really, to a whole yeah. universe <laughs> of stuff. And depending on how you're wired, you're going to go pretty deep in it, potentially. But you don't have to, do you? Like, you could actually just you know, sign up to Easy Crypto, get a wallet sorted out, and just buy some Bitcoin. And that's it, right? Yeah. And a lot of people say, you know, I hear one of the reasons people don't get involved is like, oh, I don't understand how it works. And one of the sort of analogies I like to draw there is that, you know, hands up who here knows how the internet works? Right, none of us, right? We're all kind of like Paul. We, totally knows how it all probably, works, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, right. we probably all know to, to ver- varying degrees, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. most people don't really understand the nuts and bolts of what makes the internet do its thing. But we all know how to use it and you know benefit from it every day. And it's similar with cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. You don't need to understand how it all works in the technical infrastructure to be able to benefit from it and use it. But like you say, Darcy, you might jump down that rabbit hole, start investigating, start spending your evenings watching YouTube videos, yeah. and find yourself really hooked on because I really, you know, a lot of people genuinely get hooked on how cool the technology and the potentials and opportunities are. That was, for me, it's, I mean, it completely changed my life. I've ended up now, I work in a building that's primarily four or five floors of blockchain. Um, Nerds. Yeah, startup ecosystem. And it's great because it's, it's, a, it's, you know, it's at that cutting edge of technology. And so if this is the gateway that gets you into understanding how we're going to solve some of these really big problems with technology, then that, even that's worthwhile. So outside of the investment side of it. I think it's just worthwhile to learn about something that um, was a really interesting idea that now has you know millions of people around the world involved in it. Mm-hmm. A little bit by little, then all at once, right? And it seems like you know, there's been waves, waves of adoption, right? Like yes. 2017, huge retail wave, euphoria, comes crashing down, spooks everybody for a couple of years. Then it's taken off again recently. Yeah. So you know, there's, there's obviously these kind of – it's not a linear sort of adoption and predictable. It's, it's quite erratic and it's quite volatile, but like with anything new, right? Yeah, but, you know, and it's interesting, that big surge in 2017 has funded so much research. Now, if you look at what they're doing at Central. So whether it's tourism or the food network. So every major food uh, provider in the country now is involved in a blockchain, trust alliance, trust alliance you know, it's a blockchain venture or, or payments. And so, yeah, we could go way down. That's a whole other podcast. We'll go back to investing. <laughs> yeah. But certainly if you want to get in behind the scenes and look at it, it's pretty fascinating stuff. Now, Darcy, I want to come to you as an investment advisor. What was it that attracted you to the space, to the space. Yeah. Um, obviously there's some you know, impressive returns at, at, at times so that's I'm sure yeah. that's that's part of it yeah. um, and if you can delve into this aspect of digital gold a term that's often applied uh, to Bitcoin mm. so 2017 yeah 2017 right before yeah right in the middle of it is when I decided to get in yeah way too late for the party kind of like might feel really similar to right right now but it was because i was doing a podcast on bitcoin before that heard about it discounted it thought it was voodoo science <laughs> stay away from it because that's what you do by default when things are different you stay away from it 
But then as part of doing research to get ready for this podcast, I started to understand a little bit more of it. And Bitcoin's cool because you don't actually have to understand all of it. You just need to understand a little bit more. And there's always a little bit more that you can slowly get comfortable with. And when you do that, you can't turn back very easily because once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. And once you've seen, right, there's this um, there's this thing out there, which is digital. It's peer-to-peer. It can't be fiddled with. And it doesn't rely on third parties to do stuff with. Well, that, that actually sounds pretty intriguing. Mm. And it also sounds really similar to gold. And so a lot of people who are okay with the idea of having a very small amount of their portfolio devoted to these weird, funny investments like gold and silver and precious metals and, and now Bitcoin, it kind of makes sense. And it's, it's not too much of a stretch for people who already get gold to say, hey, think about Bitcoin, because it really yeah. is, in a sense, like digital gold. It's scarce. Well, it's, it's finite. Gold isn't technically finite, but it, it is absolutely finite. And it's freely available. You can transport it really easily. And you can be your own bank really easily with, with cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. But with having a safe in your garden for, to, for storing your gold, that's a little bit trickier. Yeah. The, the be your own bank bit, I think, is, is something that will probably – that would scare a few people. Yeah. Um, and it should. Can we do, yeah. delve into that a little bit around – Pros and cons, right? A, yeah. Around you know, how, how it works in terms of – This would be what, a really good question what, for Janine, What are actually, your yeah. options for, sure, yeah. for storing your Bitcoin? Because mm. it's you, you don't actually have something to hold on to. And in fact, there's very little to actually store other than, you yeah. know. Yeah, so for people who don't sort of are very new to this and don't quite, you know, don't understand how it works, with cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, we'll use it as the best example, you don't hold Bitcoin like there's no sort of physical thing or anything like that. What you have is you have um, a private key which gives you access to spend your Bitcoin. So you need to hold that digitally or you can, you know, you can print it out on a piece of paper, but it's basically, um, yeah, it's a digital sort of token that allows you to access your crypto and you need to hold it in a wallet um, but the type of wallet that you want to use will have trade-offs between security on one hand, so really secure wallet and ease of use on the other hand so everything sort of falls in that continuum you can have something really, really secure but it's not very user-friendly or it's not easy to get your money out or you can have something very easy to get your money out, like say an app on your phone, but it's not so secure so the advice that I typically give to customers is kind of to think about it like you would think about money, normal money, right? You put in your back pocket maybe 50 bucks, 100 if you're a high roller, maybe a grand. But, you know, you don't put a lot of money in your back pocket because there is the chance you could lose your wallet. It's the same thing with an app on your phone. It's not the most secure, but put your day-to-day spending or what you want to be sort of like, you know, accessing regularly there. And then for your life savings, your, you know, your big pot of Bitcoin, whether it's, you know, you've managed to save up a whole Bitcoin or whether you've put your entire, you know, wealth into it, however much you've got, if it's more than you're willing to lose, you should look at using a more secure wallet option and our recommendation is always hardware wallets for that because they're the most secure way to store your cryptocurrency. And in that case, you've got to be a little bit careful, don't you? Because uh, we've heard in the media recently around someone who's who's put theirs on a hardware wallet yeah. um, but maybe didn't really think through how important that was because maybe what was on there was a small amount at one point in time yeah. and they yeah. seem to have mis- mis- mislaid their uh, their PIN number, which is uh, a fairly grave mistake to make. Which is, which is interesting. To, here's something interesting that I wouldn't have known at the start of this, and some people won't realise this. So I lost, I lost a nanoledger that had a lot on it. 
but I still understand. I still have my pain. So you're able to recover if you if you, if you, so you can physically yes. lose that the, the cold storage device. Yep. You can lose, which is an amazing concept. And as long as you've got this in your head or you somewhere or safe, down, somewhere really secure. Yeah. yeah, we should also talk, I guess, about because what I've talked through is the the options for being your own bank. Mm. And as you know, Darcy said, that is the magic of cryptocurrency is you have full, a hundred percent, complete control over your finances. You're not dependent on the bank, the government, any third party to you know sure. give you access to them and like I mentioned before, in many countries, that's a very real concern. But not everyone wants to be their own bank. And I think this is something that we're seeing more and more as crypto becomes more mainstream. As, you know, early adopters, that was the big selling point. You want to have your own funds under your own control. But as the rest of the population come along, a lot of people actually want someone else to have that yeah. control that, you know, you want to know there's someone you can call up, um, someone can reset your password, that sort of thing. So if you aren't wanting to go down the route of being your own bank, there are still options. It's, you know, you're looking at something where someone else custody, that's the term that's used for it, custodies your crypto for you. So if you are going to go down that route, look for providers that are really reputable, that have insurance in place, that have contingencies, backups, have a really long track record, that sort of thing. And it's not a foreign concept either. Like no. when, when you're even just KiwiSaver investors should be actually familiar with the concept that when you're putting money into your KiwiSaver scheme, it's not actually... You're not actually investing with Generator or Simplicity or whoever it is. You're you're investing in the funds. They're managing it, but the funds are actually sitting in a, in a custodian, yeah. like Public Trust, for example. And that's quite a common way to do things. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very, it makes things very simple because you don't have responsibility of keeping your share, t- share certificates and, and all that sort of stuff up to date. So I guess for everyday investors that are kind of dipping their toes in the water with crypto, there, there is that trade-off, isn't there, between having the, the cold storage, a lot more procedures, a lot more risk with you fumbling your way through it and potentially losing your keys or losing access to it, but at least you're in control of it, and then relying on a third party to custody mm. it for you, probably a lot more easier to use. The user experience is better. There Maybe there is an 0800 number, Yeah. but I guess there's no real right or, way, right or wrong way here, is there? No, although I would say, and I think we talked about this previously, Darcy, is that for everyone, like that bit of dipping your toe in, like even if you just put in 50 bucks, set up your own wallet, 50 bucks, if you mess it up and you lose it, you know, not the end of the world, but at least you get to go through those steps and understand how it works and you'll yeah. learn you know just for the learning I think that's really worthwhile so yeah. I'd recommend everyone if you want to get involved in crypto at least you know try try doing it yourself and setting up the wallet doing that bit just for a little bit dabble see how it goes and yeah. maybe that's not how you want to go you know long term but it's yeah. really worth yeah learning yeah. the process I'd, I'd probably even go further than that and say even if you don't think crypto is for you that you know, if you have any interest in investment or technology, which is really our whole whole audience mm. here, um, then you should actually go through this process just just to learn. And you know, I'm really a big proponent, you know, with new technologies of actually we should get out and try them because otherwise, how are we going to open our minds up to oh, yeah. the possibilities? How can we think strategically? You know, how do we take New Zealand forward if we're all sort of you know sitting back, being mm. uh, you know super super yeah. cautious, right? Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it could be I don't you know you probably start at ten dollars if you if you want to, but uh, just try that process out so you understand. You understand and yeah. have a little bit of a look around learn obviously you know listening to uh, to good content like this is is, is, right. is, a, is another part of the the picture but you know we, we need to be absorbing this information and getting that feel and look some people will say you know hey this is not for me hmm. But I, I understand, you know, I've got, I understand got a bit it. of an understanding. Knowledge is power. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very At important. some point in time, and I think we're getting there now, people are realizing that this is not like something that's going to go away. Mm. And so you can make a choice now, just like, and we've all got friends that chose to not be 
that involved in the internet or not that involved, like not that they chose to be not tech savvy, and and it affects their lives negatively. There's no doubt that you know that'll affect your affect your life negatively. So, getting involved in the technology, getting a general understanding will will, will no doubt put you in a decent position later. Yeah, and and that investigation helps you to then, if you do decide to get you know more involved, to make those smart decisions around you know where are you going to store your crypto, right? Because I think most Kiwis will have heard of Cryptopia, mm-hmm. um, and there are you know varying other ones are you know mm-hmm. stories around the world where where people have lost money, and you know I guess you could you know I don't know, go back one or two hundred years you know banks will get robbed, people would lose their savings, um, you know there, there's a, there's an element of you know of that sort of thing, um, but you know, over time mechanisms have come into play to you know to make I think our money yeah. reasonably safe certainly here in New Zealand with most of our banks, although I don't think the government actually uh, has that, that bank uh, you know, guarantee that they did, yeah, did have due, during the <laughs> global podcast. financial crisis. So, you know, um, there's, you know, there really, is, there really are no, no, no yeah. guarantees, right, as yeah. far as investing is concerned. But we're talking about shifting the responsibility, right? Instead yeah. of relying on third parties to keep you safe, which may have worked for a season, and I'm going to mm. speculate just quietly that that season may at some stage come to an end where we, we, we might need to consider trusting in something else other than institutions yeah. because that's kind of what, what season we're in right now. I'm not saying that we should be oh, cynical and stuff, but I think there, there is a case for, well, what if things do fail? And so Bitcoin as an investment is as much about understanding this new technology as it is about becoming some sort of head or obtaining some sort of hedge against mm. the status quo, in my opinion. And as a hedge, I mean, it actually performs a lot of functions, right? You've got that hedge against um, centralization, against also against inflation, because Bitcoin is not an inflationary currency, because there'll only ever be 21 million Bitcoin in existence. And at the moment, we've seen things like fiat currencies, like the US dollar and the New Zealand dollar being printed by the government. So effectively, that's causing inflation, making the values of those currencies go down. And that's something you don't see with cryptocurrency, or at least not with Bitcoin. Um, and as yeah. well as a hedge against inflation, it also gives you a hedge against um, global financial crises, potentially. Like We do see that there's becoming less of a correlation between the movement of price movement of Bitcoin and price movement in other asset classes. Right. So that's lots right. of different diversifications there that it yeah. can bring. That's right. That whole diversification thing is quite key, mm. right? Because I think that... You know, traditionally, we diversify across different asset ca- classes like cash, um, fixed interest, um, property, shares. You know, we, we feel like we're diversified. And then when each of those categories, we diversify again. But we're not really diversifying um, from the thing that's denominating those yeah. those investments, right? We're still all trading in dollars somehow. Mm. So this, this Bitcoin is such a hedge upon a hedge. It's ridiculous. But it just makes sense because you've you got to have a foot in both camps, but where is the other camp? It's, it's not in, in, in shares in a different jurisdiction. It's in a different monetary system. You're like, this, uh, having you on the podcast is so awesome because there are so many people out there right now that are going through potentially what we went through in 2017, and they get into the greed area, and they start to make, if I hadn't been married, my wife stopped me from selling the house. I was, we just, every day you would see these crazy gains, yeah. and then you're, you're... And you're like, I'll sell the house tomorrow, put it in that's Right. Wait, and we all remember, later. remember there was a guy that sold his house. And the sense is that, you know, when we've talked in the past, that diversification and making sure that you're playing in the right kind of areas yeah. for your comfort 
because when it did go off a cliff, mm. if you weren't prepared for that, yeah. it was a really unpleasant experience. Absolutely. And I think that's the, there's always this fine dance between diversification and concentration. Yes. And it's so specific on who the investor is, you know, their attitude towards risk, their life cycle, all that sort of stuff, right? But you, you could say, well, maybe like a conversation I had right before Christmas with somebody, I am going to sell my rental property and put it all in Ethereum. Um, bold move. It was a bold move. And I thought, well, and I think Ethereum was, was half the price, less than half the price of what it is today. So, you know, in hindsight, that would have been a good move, of course. But at, at the time, you have incomplete information. Mm. And so, unless... Did they, wait, did they do it? They didn't do it. They didn't do it. <laughs> He's probably good. watching, so I've got to be careful with what I say. But, you know, still, at some stage, you, you do have to kind of back yourself. Mm. But in other realms, you do need to be diversified and just be prepared. Like you say, worst case scenario, what happens if you lose your nano ledger and, and it's all gone? Right, like yeah. that would be, and so. I guess it's, it's not you know you're talking about falling off a cliff, right? You don't want it to be that massive precipice. You want it to be a small enough jump that if you have to make it, you'll still yeah. survive. Everyone I know that was totally comfortable to ride it out and hodl through this thing, obviously, is completely comfortable now. Most yeah. of it's recovered, some of it's passed. Um, but anyone that had over like stretched, had leveraged themselves, obviously, is telling a completely different story about how they sold their Ethereum at two hundred and thirty dollars, mm. and now it's at you know yeah. two grand. Yeah, they used a term there, hodl. Yeah, you, you better break that down for. Uh, uh, and for again, our I'm not the expert. Like, and a Reddit and a Reddit board at some point in time, <laughs> some guy and I don't know who it was, guy or girl said, "I'm hodling." They mistyped typed holding, and it just it's taken on. So H O D L HODL is a kind of a crypto talk for holding. So there are people out there that have a far a better kind of tolerance for craziness than me. <laughs> that will they tra- they'll be trading this incredibly often incredibly volatile products, mm. and then there are people who are just like I believe that this thing, and you'll have better data than me. But year on year, decade on decade, now we're, that we're getting into decades. This, these these products perform better than a lot of things if you hold them, right? Yeah. yeah. But you know, go back to, you know, say, 2017, just for a second. When when the price went up, let's say you did sell the house and you put it all in Bitcoin, you had this tremendous gain, right? Or whatever that amount is, you had a tremendous gain because you got in at the right time and you've just witnessed an amazing return on your investment. How easy would it be to then say, should I get out? You know, I've made a great gain here. Should I get out? And so it's. I think we're almost at a different place this time around compared to last time in that retail investors were, were perhaps not really aware of what would be coming next. Now we kind of almost have a reference point that, hey, back in 2017, things did fall off a cliff. Mm. Um, and so when we've seen these gains, I think money will or Bitcoin will pass from weak hands to strong hands more and more. But I think also there's the, there's the base of Bitcoin mm. holder, which is a little bit more mature than what it was. Yeah. Would, and would also a lot more institutional as well. Like mm. one of the things that we're seeing that's very different this time around than compared to 2017 is who are the people who are buying and selling. And if you've been following the news, you will have seen big companies like MicroStrategy, PayPal, there's a lot of big corporate entities getting in, also a lot of private wealth managers. So um, yeah, instead of the the market's not as frothy as it was previously because you've got a lot of big institutional corporate bets in the yeah. market as well. Do you guys feel that, you know, post the last hype, there were a lot of other people like Facebook that thought they'd create their own currencies and failed and that sense that potentially they're not as easy to replicate in terms of building momentum as people thought because that was one mm. thought people were like well who's someone's just going to create another bitcoin or another ethereum but is that is that a sense that that is much harder than people thought and they're like well we'll just adopt these instead 
I think the longer time goes on, the less likely it is that Bitcoin will be replaced by anything else. So Bitcoin's not the best currency out there. And last time, you know, in 2017, there was so much, oh, Bitcoin's so slow and it's so energy inefficient and this, you know, can't process transactions like Visa and MasterCard. That's not, you know, what it has ended up being is, like you say, Darcy, that digital gold. The role it's filling in the ecosystem is a safe haven, a trusted brand. It's got that longevity. It's been around for, you know, over a decade now and hasn't had any, you know, there's been no hacks of the underlying system. The infrastructure itself is sound and trusted. So I think it's very unlikely that anything else now will take the pace of Bitcoin because it has all of that right. legitimacy behind it. But then you sort of start moving off Bitcoin into the other altcoins and that's where it really is, a, you know, survival of the fittest slash potentially survival of the most heavily branded because it's not always the best um, product that wins, right? It's the one that gets out into the market and yeah. makes um, and the biggest those, waves. And are those now, is it all about function for those? So if you're saying you've got digital gold and Bitcoin, with the altcoins, are you looking for something that has genuine functionality? You've read the white paper, someone knows that they've got good partnerships with existing brands? It's like investing in startups almost, isn't it? Yeah, it seems so to be a bit of a balance, doesn't it, between that aspect and also uh, you know, how, how useful is it yeah. and how long has it been around? Those two sort of you know, play together, don't they? Yeah, and you've got a few tiers and perhaps Darcy would be good to get your view on sort of how you would, you know, talking about the diversification. You diversify mm. your portfolio into cryptocurrencies but also diversify within mm. that. Um, so good to get your views on that. But as the way I see it is sort of you've got kind of tiers of cryptocurrencies You've got your very established players like Bitcoin, Ethereum. I will put Ripple in there, don't shoot me, but it's, you know, for reasons, you know, it's very long running, established, um, has a lot of credibility and a lot of um, uptake already. And then you sort of move into your next tier of cryptocurrencies, which have more, you know, they've been around for a while, they have use cases, they might have real world applications, but they're just not as mainstreamed. And then you've got the sort of bottom tier of all of these, like, you know, call them penny stocks, IPOs, yeah. like, you know, there's a lot of interesting projects. Some of them might be the next big thing, and maybe you can buy them for cents on the dollar now, but it's a real yeah. gamble and it very yeah. much depends on how good is the underlying product, how well does the team work. So a lot of these things are startups started by you know maybe half a dozen young people that are like had this idea and you know, yeah. will they get the backing to make it work? Will they get the market adoption, that sort of thing. So very speculative in that bottom yeah. layer. Yeah. But very much a pyramid. A few on the top that are very legitimate and then sort of it goes down to I try not to say the word pyramid is the key. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a pyramid, it's a matrix. It's yeah. a matrix, there we go. Yeah. But I think no, the pyramid schemes are calling themselves matrix now. Oh, really? <laughs> Line shares. It's not a pyramid. It's a matrix. Nice. Uh, let's come back to that as well. But uh, on that theme of um, you know diversification, like let's let's just talk about like traditional investment. If, if you were constructing your own portfolio, you would probably have either a core satellite approach is a good way of looking at it, or think about the majority of your wealth is tied up in a strategy, and then you'd have smaller little amounts allocated towards different things with cryptocurrencies, I think you can kind of almost apply the same sort of template on how you view holding Bitcoin and without being too prescriptive. So I don't want to be too, too prescriptive because then someone listens to this and then they go out and do it. But at the same time... This is financial advice. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it's, it's useless to make an example without giving an example. So I'm, I'm just going to say, right, well, if, if it was me and if I was in my mid-40s, um, if I was, <laughs> I, I would probably be inclined myself to have, say, 80% in Bitcoin, right? And for me personally, I, I'm a big fan of... 80, 80% of your entire investment in cryptocurrencies. Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Which is a small percentage of your total <laughs> Do not put 80% yeah, in total Yeah, no, no, sorry. I should <laughs> rewind that one. Um, right, traditional investing, you, you might have... 
is the majority in your core, and then one of your satellites might be cryptocurrency, right? So within that little satellite, 80% of that would be Bitcoin in my world, right? And I would store that in, a, in cold storage. I wouldn't have that on an exchange or anything like that. Um, and for Kiwis, a lot a lot of that sort of you know core investment is going to be in their own homes and property. Yeah, Kiwi saver, simple, yeah. Yeah. right? So within within your portfolio of crypto assets, Bitcoin majority, let's say eighty percent, for example, fifteen percent maybe Ethereum. I kind of think of it still as silver. I know it's not technically silver, but. It's kind of in my mind. It feels like silver and gold, right? And then you have these other precious metals like uh, palladium and, and copper and stuff like that. Let's say that'll be your altcoins. Maybe only five percent. So eighty, fifteen, five percent. And those five percent, really, that's where you're trying to back the winners, like you say, and you're trying to figure it out. That's quite engaging. Um, Ethereum, I think that's there's a lot of use case around that. So that to me, that makes sense from what I understand so far. Bitcoin, digital gold, right? And it's not like you're holding these assets or you have to hold these assets and they just sit there. There are some platforms we, where you can can actually give over your keys. You're, you're holding it on their platform and you're earning interest on it. So it's not true that Bitcoin just sits there and does nothing. It can actually generate a return now. There's other platforms like Celsius that do that quite well. So that's kind of how I would approach that. If you were really young and you didn't have any alternative assets like crypto assets, the mainstream thinking is, hey, you want to get down your debt first. You want to buy your home, get rid of the debt, and then do these high-risk assets. I would challenge that a little bit because it doesn't give you enough runway. Most people will be in debt on their mortgage for almost ever, mm-hmm. yeah. right, until they retire. That's not good enough to wait for 30 years to get into crypto. I think as soon as you can, there should be some allocation towards crypto, at least Bitcoin, just to start with because it is high risk. It is volatile. Therefore, it needs more time to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. So that's just so, kind of – So how would somebody um, do that? And I think we've, we've probably got a reasonably easy answer uh, – you know, here, here it comes the table. The be a clue. Um, but uh, you know, when when I first took an interest in in crypto and Bitcoin, it was complicated to be able to buy it here in New Zealand. And I don't, you know, there was probably a number of different points over time. I thought, oh, I'll go and buy some, and then I looked online. It was like, oh, you know, and sure, I could, I could have gone through my network and you know found somebody and and figured it out. Oh yeah, I'll send you some Bitcoin. Give me some cash. And, it's like you buying know, cannabis. Ve- ve- it's very, exactly like buying cannabis. Apparently, yeah. um, so yeah. there was there was that point that point yeah. in time where it was it, it was, was really really hard. Yeah, that looks like right. um, and. Yeah, I didn't uh, jump on board until uh, there was a service called My Bitcoin Saver, uh, rebranded to Vimba, which is uh, um, yeah, sa- sadly gone. Um, but you can now do a, a very similar thing with uh, with e- Easy Crypto. I believe I haven't haven't uh, tried this aspect yet, um, but where you could put aside. You know, whatever amount your twenty dollars a week or hundred dollars a month or however you decide to sort of you know do it that um, yeah allows you to sort of start building something or whatever. Is that right? So you guys are doing dollar cost averaging is yeah. So this is a really powerful investment strategy and one that you've probably maybe come across in other traditional finance markets as well. But the idea of instead of trying to buy the dips and you know that sort of thing is just to average it out and over time it works out. um, Typically, that dollar cost averaging, as it's called, is a really good strategy. So yeah, with Easy Crypto, you can do that very easily. And like Darcy said, you could set up a portfolio of you know set up your diversification strategy and you could dollar 
dollar cost average into that. So say you want to have 80% Bitcoin, 15% Ethereum, 5% something else. Set up a, a auto buy with those ratios and then every week maybe you want to send us $100, maybe every month or maybe $200, whatever you want. And we will, you know, you can use Easy Crypto to automatically buy into your your personalized portfolio um, and do it on dollar cost. Just set up an auto payment, forget about it, and you'll have your crypto kind of just chipping away and growing over time. You find Suzanne Paul because I'm sold. <laughs> You're telling me, no, that's great. I actually, so the, a person I won't say who, but the person I respect very much. Suzanne Paul. Suzanne Paul. Yeah, I thought so. You guessed it. Yeah. Told me about dollar cost averaging recently. It makes so much more sense because you're dead set, right? Most people out there are like, oh, am I too late? Mm. Am I too early? What am I doing? But well, you just, think you're like, oh, I should get in this thing. I do this all the time. Someone tells me about a coin. I'm like, I need to get into that. And then by the time I get around to doing it, it's already like gone 3x. I'm like, oh. So just like, you know, set yep. and forget. It's And look, yeah. some people have the time to be able to follow the highs and lows and so on. But I think for the for the average um you know, or for you know anyone that doesn't does yeah, yeah. You're, you're struggling to use Some, that word. Why? <laughs> we just did one information. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! So for for the um, NZ Tech podcast listeners and the uh, <laughs> NZ Everyday Investors. Um, who aren't wanting to sort of delve in deep and and you know day trade and you know so on Don't day trade um, and and yeah. be watching for those highs and yeah. lows and look over over a period of time I mean most of us have money coming in on a regular basis and that's your you know that's your easiest way of investing as we see with with KiwiSaver slice a little bit of it off yeah. and uh, and push it in that direction if this is um, you know something I ninety nine percent agree with you the the one percent I disagree agree though is if there's a scratch that there's a scratch if there's a scratch that you're not itching and try and stay on the topic of finance here if, if, if you're not actually doing what's inside of you to a certain extent in terms of trading or interacting at, at that higher intellectual level with with finance it might come out somewhere else and gotcha. what I mean by that is, is I'm a big fan of people having a very small amount in a platform, maybe it's your shares, these are your hatch account, right? And you do trade, mm-hmm. right? Just a very small amount because what it does is it gives you a knowledge base that you're not going to get elsewhere. You're going to get yeah. really close to it, I think. So, that, you know, there's some value. I, yeah, actually, yeah. I get that. I use my MetaMask for that, actually, because every now and then yeah. I'll hear of a project, I'm like, that sounds cool. I'll just go to my MetaMask and be like, swap a little bit of this for a little bit of that. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. And I yeah, guess so there's, you're, you're also, there's also that yeah. aspect of, of getting started where you might decide, and I know, you know, Darcy, and, you know, in the past you've said, well, you know, if you're looking at how you might sort of slice up your investments, then hey, maybe you'd put five percent into into crypto. Well, if you've got nothing in, then you've got to get to that point. So yeah. you might uh, take a you know yeah. a somewhat different approach so you can get get started and get up to that uh, that yeah. point. On the like the the warning about the trading. This isn't a market where you have all the information. That's the mm. first thing. Is this market is full of players that have significant weight to throw around and they do so there's no, they're, they're unregulated yeah. so they are able to pump and dump and do things that are potentially not legal in other markets mm-hmm. and so you don't have those protections so anyone that thinks that they can outsmart someone that owns mm-hmm. you know a, a significant supply mm-hmm. you're, you're probably wrong mm-hmm. 
a much better like a methodology I would way prefer this, this uh, dollar cost averaging sounds like such a, a great way to kind of avoid but I'm also I'm, I'm a lot older someone some crazy that's like woo I want to someone in their the, low 40s right, someone <laughs> different ride story. the lightning yeah. Ride the, I, yeah again it's just hard to explain how crazy it is when it go when the volatility does yeah. really does hit but it teaches you a lot about investing in mainstream markets as well oh yeah because of that volatility yeah, yeah that's like, right. when, you, when you see or I've just put in $300 into Bitcoin now it's worth $500 or now it's worth $100 that teaches you a lot about how you react sure. when you're investing directly in, in shares so school teachers let's get kids investing <laughs> time that's how it's my kid job <laughs> why not but no. with that though I mean I think like you say it's a great way to learn it's a great way to understand the market your own risk appetite things like that and mm-hmm. just I think we'd all probably agree that as long as you just don't put in more than you're willing to lose then in that space yeah. totally yeah, yeah very much so so this yeah absolutely that, that's probably a quite a good point to end on actually don't put in more than you're willing to lose as we want to do a little wrap up well don't don't put in more than you're willing to uh, part with for a period of time right because usually with higher risk assets (laughs) it takes a lot longer for them to pay off that's right you only mostly only lose when you are forced to make a decision because you overextended yourself so yeah if you can ride it out absolutely and and um crypto investment we talked about the the hodl term earlier um you know, generally, that's going to play out well when you're able to be in for a long time, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah we, we don't know, right? It's like, like the internet but, back back in the day. It, yeah. it looked pretty cool, but I'm, I'm trying to remember what it was like back then. But On GeoCities really homepages, everything was like pink and blue and like really shade <laughs> text. Right. No, in, in terms of closing remarks, I just would want to check one in just around scams because this is unfortunately mm. something that I see too much of is people getting caught up in scams. Well, you're so, telling me Mike Hosking hasn't discovered the way that I can make more money? The one true secret to trading? Yeah, I know, right? What a surprise. Why? Is he still working the breakfast show with all those millions? Anyway, um, the the one thing that I sort of say to people is like, look, a, a good investment won't come knocking on your door. So if you have someone call you up with an investment opportunity or a mate tries to rope you into some you know, multi-level marketing scheme, or even if you see, yeah, like one of those ads online, it's probably going to be a scam. So keep your wits about you. Do your own research on everything. Where possible, use regulated, reputable providers. Unfortunately, as Brooke mentioned, there's a lot of places in crypto that aren't regulated, but there are, you know, places like Easy Crypto, we are regulated. You'll find a lot of the big exchanges and stuff like that are as well. So definitely do your own research. And if you're not sure about things, like reach out, ask advice from people who do, you know, know stuff. Ask on the Facebook communities. Come and talk to us. We're always happy. And you're good. I've come back. I've come to you guys with a couple of things that I've heard from clients saying, hey, is this a scam? And, and yeah. you respond right away, which is... We just, we like, my main mission is just to make sure Kiwis don't lose their money and, yeah. you know, that people, everyone in New Zealand gets financially better off through crypto, not worse off. So, you're yeah, always happy to help and give some free advice on stuff like that. Awesome. Good work, guys. Anything else to add? No? Right. Flowers? Awesome. I'd like to comment on Brooke's hair, though, again. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, guys. Thanks, I can guys. totally thanks, trust you. And the beard. I, like, I love it. Yeah. You know, thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks, guys. That's why I like to I wrap up all my podcasts. <laughs> Sorry for those who are listening hair. on the podcast and not watching, so I miss out on those little extras from Brooke. Um, well, thanks, everybody, for uh, for joining us. And we, we are going to delve more into these topics. And uh, it's certainly not as though these are you know, new discussions across the podcast. But, you know, really at the moment, there's, there's really a, a heightened level of interest and you know I think that that helps sort of get a bit of momentum and, and bring people um, you know on board to research and, and look at these things for themselves again there hasn't been so much noise over the last couple of years um, but thank you very much Janine Granger much much appreciated uh, Brooke Howard Smith thank you for joining us Captain and uh, Darcy Angara thank, thank you. you very much you remember my name and thank you Paul as well <laughs> alright well, well that's us um, you can find these episodes online at nztechpodcast.com and at nzeverydayinvestor.com sweet ass alright thanks everyone see ya
The New Zealand Tech Podcast is made possible by our partners who not only support this show but the New Zealand technology ecosystem and so a special thank you to Umbrella Connect, Vocus, Vodafone, Spark, Sumo Logic, HP and Gorilla Technology. New Zealand Tech Podcast, the voice of the tech community. Proudly supported by Umbrella Connect.